day we decide In autumn When leaves change their sound In spring blossoms Like confetti flow to the ground And if I ever have to go to work on a train You'll be in my thoughts On my brain If I ever have to go to work on a I'll be looking out the windows at the tracks Wishing that I could go back So I would be by your side Cause I want to be by your side When summer sun is parched And burned through our blood Through each day Blessing and surprise No convincing me I know It's how we are designed And if I ever have to go to work on a train You'll be in my thoughts, on my brain If I ever have to go to work on a train I'll be looking out the windows at the tracks Wishing that I could go back So I would be by your side Well, boys and girls, you've saved my bacon. Well, that's if I'm pig. Um, free CR radio phone. We've ra- we've had ten thousand two hundred eighty-seven dollars and seventy-one cents pledged by our listeners, which is good. And of that. $10,001.71 has been paid up. So there's 287 outstanding, and you know who you are, and that'll come in. So I will be talking about why free CR has become exceptionally important in the last week. And if during the course of the program you do decide you want to keep donating to the free CR radio, fine, I'm flogging a dead horse here. But uh, considering what's happening in the uh, media landscape, you can always ring 9419-8377 during the program, 9419-8377, and say you're donating to 3CR, courtesy of the Radiophone, courtesy of the Anarchist World this week. So that's uh, a good result. I'm very pleased. It's good to be paid ten grand for an hour's work. I can now think of myself as a minor CEO, not a major CEO. They got a hundred grand an hour. But... Uh, Look, you've done well, and uh, as I said before, I, used to, I was feeling a bit depressed about radio and its significance, but um, over the last week or so, machinations in the major world, the corporate world, has made me really happy in terms of the importance of community radio. It's not dead. We're not dead. We're alive. Magistrates Court. William Street, corner, yeah, William Street, Magistrates Court, Wednesday Action Group. They're all there. Magistrates Court, William Street. See them at 11.30. Now. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning. Machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World this week Broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite Listen to the Anarchist World this week Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse Listen to analysis of local, national, international events to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else.
Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano, and I'm hosting today's program. You know, people kind of introduce themselves in life, and I thought we'd have a new slogan for this program. Now, you all know anarchy means comes from the Greek anarchos, without rulers, not without rules. And you all realise that in order to create a society, a functioning, a viable society, without rulers, we need to devolve power and share wealth because it's inequalities in power and wealth which create the issues that we face with on a daily basis. So I've been thinking of a new greeting for the audience and myself. And I've come up with the term, which is not new, obviously, as a hum- one human being on a planet with 7 billion, where there's you know, been over 10 billion people during the course of uh, life, human life on this planet. It's difficult to come up with original thought. But this isn't an original thought, but I think it actually encapsulates what people think about you and me. You're dumb and I'm dumber. I know there's been one of these movies, a few of them. Dumb and dumber. You're dumb as listeners and I'm dumber. You know why we're dumb and dumber? Or why people who exercise power through inequalities in power and wealth for structural inequalities. Why, you know why I think you're dumb and I'm dumber? Because they think that's that 1% of the world that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, those corporate capitalists whose crimes you won't see on CCTV, those political representatives who work on behalf of that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication and Australia's investment class, the new bourgeoisie. Not only do they think you're dumb and I'm dumber, but they believe you're dumb and I'm dumber. Because it seems like that during the past 40 years, during the deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation revolution that has swept the globe, including Australia, one of the foremost exponents of this neoliberal disease... That the majority of the Australian population has somehow, somehow believed in the gospel, in the corporate capitalist gospel, as if it's been written in some book that's been handed down from the mount by corporate gods. Because you really have to be dumb and dumber to believe, worship, desire, aspire to the garbage that's presented as some type of reality. Let's look at the capitalist system. I mean, we're told capitalism creates job. We're told if you aspire to make money, your life will improve. We're told this is the only viable, sensible system, economic system in the history of the known universe, not just planet Earth. 
So what is capitalism all about? What is it all about? What's it all about, Charlie? What's it all about? One, they consider you to be dumb and me to be dumber. Why? Because who could swallow the line? And this is the line. It's very simple. Now, we've having banking royal commissions, financial institutions royal commissions, people pulling their hair out saying, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what Australia's major financial institutions have done to people. It is unbelievable. If I hear one more media commentator tell me how unbelievable it is, maybe if they listen to the anarchist world this week for the last 41 years, maybe they'd understand that it is not unbelievable. And then we've got this garbage today. People telling us it's a corp, it is a ethical problem. It's a corporate governance problem. You know, it's a moral issue. Why don't we call a spade a spade? Because if you're dumb and I'm dumber, which is what they think we are, it's what they believe we are because we swallow this garbage on a daily basis. We add it to our breakfasts in the morning if we have breakfast. I normally just have a cup of coffee if I'm lucky. So, so what's the system? Well, capitalism is about creating profits, okay? It's very simple. In an economic system, in a social system, in a cultural system, which is dominated by privately owned corporations and businesses, the bottom line, the essence of survival is making a profit. You don't make a profit, you die. It's that simple. That's the mission statement. The mission statement is, we will save people from our helicopters who are acting in an Australian way, which one of the banks carries on about. Let's forget about that. But the essence of capitalism is that the institution, the corporation, the privately owned business needs to make a profit. Simple. It needs to make a profit. Now, even dumb, you, dumb listeners, and me, the dumber presenter, understands this basis, okay? So survival depends on making a profit. Now, if you or I were shipwrecked on a desert island... I can assure you that I would be the first one to be eaten if there was no other alternative food source because of my age and my weight. Fine, go ahead, boys and girls. Enjoy yourselves. Because in order for the rest of the community to survive, you know, survival would depend on that. It's the same in corporate culture. Survival is totally dependent on making a profit. Now, investors... And most of you are investors through your superannuation schemes, which you know nothing about in the majority of cases and don't really care about. Investors, which superannuation investors, which dominate about 40% of the Australian stock exchange, as well as privately owned corporations that don't have investors or shareholders, need to make a profit. They don't make a profit Capital, well, that's money. Capital's a fancy word for money. Money flows out of those organisations and their share prices plummet and they go bankrupt. Okay? Simple. So if the essence of human survival is to eat and drink, and if you're thrown in a situation where, you know, the other person looks like a, a meal and people need to survive, well, that's what happens. So it's the same in corporate culture. You need to make a profit, so you need to eat. So how does a business work? It's very simple. 
You've got the investors who've put in their money through shareholding or privately owned business, right? Then you've got workers. People get paid a wage. I mean, you know, for the organisation. And then you've got the clients, the customers. So how does the organisation make a profit? If things are going well, the investor is happy, the workers are happy, the customers are happy. But in a society where we need to make ever-increasing profits, and that is the key, ever-increasing profits to stay ahead of the pack, who do you squeeze? Do you squeeze the investors or the shareholders or the private owners? No. Of course you don't squeeze them. They're the ones who provide the capital for the business to run in a corporate capitalist culture. So you look at your workers and you say, hmm, these little busy ants, these little busy bees, we need to ensure that they don't eat at the corporate table. We need to squeeze them. How do we squeeze them? Well, some of them, including the toll puddle martyrs in 1836 who tried to form the first union, you know, in Britain, before their troubles found themselves deported to uh, Van Diemen's land in Australia. Well, we need to break the power of the unions. We need to stop workers getting together, collectively bargaining to improve their position in the food chain, in the corporate food chain. So how do you break the unions? You denigrate them constantly in the corporate-owned media and to a lesser extent in the government guild at ABC. You pass legislation through Parliament which criminalises legitimate workplace activity, which criminalises workers withdrawing their labour outside of a contrived enterprise bargaining agreement period. You find them heavily every time they, you know, flout in inverted commas the law. You ensure that their organisers can't come on a job site to try to get new members, pass legislation. So you pass a whole list of laws. And then finally what you do is you open up the labour market. You you like that word? Open the labour market. You bring in people on four, five, seven visas and multiple other visas to come to this country to do work locals could do at a lower rate to put downward pressure on wages. I know factories in this country where almost every person on the shop floor is a 457 visa worker doing pretty basic, semi-skilled unskilled work. And why? Because it's a docile labour force, as we know. They're concerned about being deported. They'll work an extra hour or two for no pay. And they'll work for the minimum wage, if they're paid a minimum wage. So you break down the power of the unions. You break down the ability of people to collectively bargain. So they are faced with the odious task of trying to extract uh, a wage rise and extract working conditions from an employer who holds every card. It's like going to a poker game and you're given one card and the other player is given nine cards. You know who's going to win every time. You know? Individual bargaining. And then obviously you casualise the labour force. You stop people being employed full time. You remove all the perks and, you know, and guess what? Profits increase for investors. 
Now, as a customer, you'll say, or a client, you'll say, ah, who gives a shit about the workers? I mean, every time I ring, they're discourteous. They're, you know, somewhere overseas. They never listen to me. Stuff them. But as a customer, you're the next one on the rank, right? You're charged all types of fees, in some cases for work never done. There's so many regulations in terms of your behaviour. And if you miss your payment, whoa, you may not know this, but from the 1st of July, that's right, from the 1st of July, there is a new credit rating system which not only logs whether you're a bankrupt or whether you know, you've know you gone out of business or there's a court order against you, but actually logs whether you are late in your repayments. So, dumb and dumber, you, you're dumb, I'm dumber. Here we have a system which is designed to pauperise working people and exploit customers and clients to maximise profits for investors. So we're not talking about a moral dilemma or a corporate governance dilemma, which ASIC can solve, or an ethical dilemma. We are talking about a structural dilemma in our society, in a society where the marketplace is totally dominated by the private sector. Now we see what happens when the state is the sole arbitrator of the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. Go to North Korea, you can find out quite easily. Don't go to China, they're corporate capitalists these days. So, the same excesses you see in a marketplace where the economy and the culture and the social interaction is dominated by a one-party state, you see exactly, in an economic sense, when an economy, when a governments allow economies to be dominated by the private sector. What you need is a little bit of real competition. You need a strong, vibrant public sector public financial institutions to compete against the corporate sector. Extensive public housing to compete against private housing, to bring down prices and rents. The creation of cooperatives and collectives which would require seeding funding from government sources, possibly a 1% tax on superannuation contributions goes directly to a fund to bankroll, to provide seeding funding, not bankroll, cooperatives and collectives, to allow people to look for work outside the private sector and outside the public sector. So while we continue to believe this garbage... While we continue to believe this garbage, that somehow capitalism, especially corporate capitalism, is God's gift to humanity, that no other system is possible, that it is the only system that can provide goods and services, adequate wages and enough taxation revenue to provide a decent social security system. While we continue to believe this, nothing will ever change. And if you want facts and figures, not just analysis, since 2009, the median wage for household has not changed. 40 years ago, before the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation revolution, 66% of all profits were distributed amongst workers in a corporation and clients. Today, and 33 cents was distributed to the investors. Today, after the deregulation, 
privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation revolution, 66 cents of every dollar profit which is created by a corporation, 66% goes to investors and management, while 33% goes to workers. So there has been a direct turnaround. So no wonder wages are stagnant. No wonder people are in debt. No wonder we've become, we're becoming a nation of renters. And all the insecurity that you know that 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 envisage that causes. And while this occurs, the drums keeps beating from the corporate owned media and the government guild at ABC about how extraordinarily wonderful the system is. No wonder <laughs> when they're having their you know, sipping their uh, expensive wines. They're laughing at you and me, dumb and dumber. Because while we continue to believe this shit, we deserve everything we get. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Scar. I'm hosting this program. Now, interesting things have happened. Now, a few weeks ago, I was a little bit oh, depressed about Community Radio. I thought, well, maybe, maybe it's about to go out down the gurgler, maybe the world doesn't need a community radio network, eh? Maybe, maybe there are fewer and fewer people participating in community radio, both as volunteers and as listeners. And then a bolt from heaven. The gods have been listening. The merger in Australia or proposed merger, Channel 9 and the Fairfax Fairfax Empire. Or should I say, takeover by Channel 9 of Fairfax. I'm thinking, wow. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. And this has been allowed to occur because Dumbo's not like you and me, but real dumbos, like the crossbenchers, the eleven most of the eleven crossbenchers on the Senate agreed to the federal government's changes to media ownership laws, which will allow super media corporations to be created. And those of you who think but it doesn't matter because we have the internet. You may have noticed over the last few years that the internet is now being dominated by both private players, corporations and governments. It hasn't been this wonderful mechanism via which we can create change. So, community radio has become exceptionally important in terms of providing independent analysis and advice. If Fairfax merges or is taken over by Channel 9 or is brought out by Rupert Murdoch, who is a little bit unhappy, News Limited is very unhappy that Channel 9 and Fairfax are coming together because they could provide competition for them. So they will because they've got a minority shareholding in, uh, in the Fairfax media empire, about 5 to 6%. They will do everything they can to scuttle this merger and maybe try to take it over. But the important thing is the merger means... That so-called independent analysis will disappear. And when you link this with the sustained attacks on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, not just in terms of budgetary cuts, which have been significant, where the Australian Broadcasting Corporation has lost over one-third of its employees in the last 10 years, not in terms of reach, 
but also in terms of content. Now, I don't know why, but occasionally I listen to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, mainly to gather a bit of news. And when the IPA, that's right, the Institute of Private Affairs masquerading as the Institute of Public Affairs, that horrendously corporate agent provocateur, is called into the ABC studios of local radio, 774 in Melbourne, to as experts on a three-speech you begin to understand how difficult things are at the Australian Broadcasting Corporation when they turn their backs on people who've worked for free speech for generations and call in some so-called expert from the IPA. And when you see Mr Grant interview some One Nation head honcho, equal billing, you begin to understand how the ABC has been so compromised financially by the government of the day, ethically by the government of the day, have had management appointed for the very reason that they have got no guts, that they're weak, that they will not stand up and defend the Australian Broadcasting Corporation while removing presenters and producers on short-term contracts who don't meet the government's agenda, you begin to realise how important community radio is. Now, you'll never hear the anarchist world this week on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation or in the privately owned media, and you'll never hear many of the radio programmes which are transmitted via the 150 or so community, over 150, 200 community radio stations in this country, anywhere in the corporate-owned media or the government guild at ABC. And the reason community radio was created by the Whitlam-led Labor government in the dying days of the Whitlam-led Labor government when they gave out licences to community groups to set up their own radio stations was to try to stop the monopoly the corporate sector had on the dissemination of information. And internet or no internet, podcasts or no podcasts, community radio is regaining its importance in the community. Because in a significant number of cases, it provides independent, not the Fairfax media, they should remove the word independent from their masthead if they're going to be taken over by Channel 9 or News Corporation. Because independent broadcasting, independent analysis, independent news comes through the community radio network. It comes through community radio. And we are a critical part of the institutional framework in this country which allows people to listen, to think about, to argue with, important cultural, social, economic and political issues in this country. You think of every major reform that has been occurred in this country over the last 40 years. Where did the push begin? It didn't begin in the corporate-owned media. It didn't begin in Parliament. It didn't begin in the back rooms of the Government Guild at ABC, it began in community radio, where a trickle became a torrent, and a torrent became a flood, and that flood changed community opinion. And for the first time in the last few decades, I can feel not just spring coming. But I can feel a political spring. I can feel a social spring, a cultural spring. I think we have reached a point where we are no longer dumb and dumber, irrespective of what they think of us, that people are beginning to wake up.
that we are beginning to see. Sniff, sniff that perfume of change. As you sniff the perfume of change in the air, as July turns into August and August turns into September, I can sniff that aroma of change in our society. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. 3cr.org.au. You want to see what I'm doing? No, you'll never find out what colour underpants I wear. But you can go to my Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. A few other websites that are Important, as far as I'm concerned. They might be important to you. They're important to me. Anarchismedia.org. Anarchismedia.org. Pipsy.net. P-I-B-C-I.net. Join the fastest growing political movement and political party in this country. Public interest before corporate interest. Download the application for Pipsy. P-I-B-C-I.net. Hopefully within the next six months, we'll be applying for registration as a federal political party. Things are moving forward. Apologies to Julia Gillard. That was her favourite words. Also, a few other interesting things. West Papua. The West Papua Rent Collective is having its knees up Mother Brown uh, extravaganza this Sunday. 1pm Sunday, the 5th of August at 838 Collins Street, Docklands. Personal invitation to every single person. Come along, listen to the guest speakers, have lunch, and then hard sell, a bit like the Salvation Army, hard sell. I'll encourage you to join the West Papuan Rent Collective. So what is the West Papuan Rent Collective? The West Papuan Rent Collective has now been functioning for almost four years, over three and a half years. And our function is very simple, to raise money in order to pay the rent for the West Papuan independence movement, mainly made up of West Papuan refugees in this country, to pursue their independence struggle, a struggle which over the last 60 years has seen the death of over 500,000 Papuans in a population of less than 2 million. A struggle which continues today, despite a transmigration program by the Indonesian government which is attempting to make West Papuans strangers in their own homes, just like we did in Australia with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. So come along, try before you buy, a dollar a day. Now I say to people, you've got a problem. They say, well, I want a pension. I ain't got no money. I've got too many bills. Then I say, do you smoke? They say, oh, no. And some say, yes. And then I say, do you take drugs? Some say, yes, and some say, no. And then I say, you're fat. Some say, yes, some say, no. And I say, look, you can, by joining the West Papua and Rent Collective, a dollar a day, a simple dollar a day, you can donate anonymously in any Commonwealth bank. Put in your money. You pay the rent for an office which is just as good as any embassy in this country, which is a focus for the struggles of the West Papua independence movement, not just in Australia but the rest of the world where it attempts to coordinate these this thing. It is an office which cannot be closed down by the Australian government. You can't put pressure on individual donors because there's lots of us who donate who are members of the West Papua and Rent Collective. And it's very simple. If you can't make the dinner talk Sunday the 5th of August at the West Papua Independence uh, uh, 838 Collins Street in Docklands, don't despair. If you can't make it, don't despair. You can always give me a call, tell you more information, send you material, 0439 395 489, 0439 395 489. Don't have a phone? 
Well, you can always write me a letter at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. And while we're talking about letters, also, yeah, one more thing. There's a new West Papua Independence support group being established in Ballarat. Their first meeting will be held this Saturday on the 4th of August at 11.30am at Ballarat Trades Hall at in Camp Street in Ballarat. Camp Street is a, you know one of the major streets in Ballarat. You'll find it, you'll know where Trades Hall is. Walk in. John Lawrence is, uh, has organised this meeting. Uh, he hopes to have a regular monthly meeting, 11.30am on a Saturday morning at Ballarat Trades Hall. So pop in, come along, get part, get involved in the West Papua Independence Movement, uh, you know, spread, help them spread their wings across this country and help them achieve independence in West Papua. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. And while I'm talking about things, don't forget the dinners with Joe Toscana. That's yours truly. If you're in Melbourne, 6pm to about 9pm, 392 Raftdown Street, Carlton North, La Poqueta, private room. We have a private room. We make so much noise, they've given us a private room. Nice company. Lots of people come. If you don't want to eat or drink anything, you're welcome to come along and sing along. Who knows? We sing, dance, who knows what happens. So come along, eat, drink, be merry. Great social outing. Doesn't matter if you're two or 20, 102. So turn up. 392, every Wednesday, every Wednesday, 6 to 9 p.m., La Porqueta, 392, Raftdown Street, Carlton North. And lastly, I'd like to thank all those people who've sent uh, $1 stamps to help us do the mass mail-out for public interest before corporate interests. Uh, we usually do one or two mass mail-outs a year. Uh, mass mail-out is complete. Uh, thank you very much. We will be doing a mini mass mail-out in the next month or two. We will be contacting members who are not on the electoral roll and seeing whether we've got all the right information. Because once we've got 550 members on the electoral roll, who currently have around 400, we can then we can then um, apply for registration of political party. Now, public interest before corporate interest is just is both a social movement, a radical social movement, as well as a candidate to be a federal political party. We'll be holding a 10-day rally on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, 10 days before the Victorian state election, which uh, will be an interesting one on... Public housing, everybody's business. Very simple. None of the major political parties are interested in public housing. Most of the media is not interested in public housing. The community is not interested. We all think we're going to solve the, the housing issue, the homeless issue, the rental issue by getting more privately owned houses. What a load of garbage. So we'll be there for 10 days on the steps of Parliament House from midday, Wednesday the 14th of November, to midnight, Saturday, the 24th of November, and the 24th of November is the election day, to raise this issue. We need you to come. You can come for an hour. You can come for a day. You can stay for the whole 10 days, which I'm going to attempt to do. Most likely I won't succeed, but I'm going to attempt at least. Come along. If you can't stay, bring some food and drinks for people there. Come along. If you've got a musical instrument, come along and serenade us. We're looking for a brass band. That's right. At the dinner of Joe Toscano last Wednesday, we decided we wanted a brass band for public housing and everybody's business. It's always good to have a brass band. They always used to have brass bands at protests in the good old days. And occasionally you'll see the CFMEU you know, bring out a brass band. Now, we cannot afford to pay anyone. So if you've got a musical instrument, you've got a brass band... Bring it along. Violins, cellos, tambourines, megaphones, guitars, xylophones, recorders. Bring along drums, ooh, drums. Bring along your musical instrument, you know. Come along. Public housing. And what's the, what's the point of all this? 
It's not just about having a good time. It's not just a point of putting your finger up at the major political parties and saying, you know, there are more important issues than roads and that so-called law and order campaign, you know. More important issues than that. Obviously. Public housing. Critical. Secure, safe housing. And the slogan, very simple. If the $6 billion that is raised... Billion, billion, B-I-L-L-I-O-M, that is raised from stamp duty revenue, which is a tax which is levied on people who buy a house, is used for public housing. You could house one million, I'll say it again, one million Victorians in public housing within a decade. Think of the social and community and individual dividends. Much more than spending $10 billion building a railway line to an airport or building a bloody tunnel under, 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 under a bridge or building more prisons because of stupid you know, law and order campaigns. Think about it. Join us. The public interest before corporate interest is having its uh, Second Congress on Saturday, the 18th of August, at the Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church at 110 Gray Street, East Melbourne. It is a Pipsy Congress. Only Pipsy members have the right to speak, but observers are welcome to come. It's from 10.30am to 3.30pm. The first session will be devoted to the Public Housing Everybody's Business 10-Day Rally, the organisation of that rally, or vigil, and the afternoon, after lunch, obviously, we always have lunch, self-catered, bring your own food and drinks. The coordinating committee will be reporting on uh, their uh, continuing efforts to formulate policies for public interest, specific policies for public interest, people corporate interest. Now, if you want to speak, you can always join at the door. It doesn't cost you anything. Or you can join now. Download the application form. Pipsy.net, or you can write to Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052, for a few copies of the application form, or you can leave a message on 0439 395 489. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, the IPA. The intellectuals behind the privatisation, corporatisation, deregulation, corporatisation tsunami that has swept this country. Now, I use the word intellectuals in inverted commas, obviously. I mean, they're so stupid, that mob. They call themselves the Institute of Public Affairs when it's all about private affairs. It's all about the private sector. They're bankrolled by the corporate sector, but they've got such little guts. They're not even willing not even willing to divulge who banks rolls them. Well, it's good to see that the IPA got a flogging and one of their poster girls from the Downer dynasty who stood in the South Australian election in Mayo got egg on her face and Mr Downer didn't see his little daughter become the new Liberal member for Mayo. And guess what was one of the reasons which really upset people? Because she was a vocal member of the Institute of Private Affairs masquerading as the Institute of Public Affairs. A really noxious organisation. I call them... I call them political roundup. They kill everything they touch. And that's their goal. To destroy the public sector, masquerading as servants of the public sector. So the IPA has been in ascendancy for a long period of time. But it's now been attacked on two fronts because it has now taken over the Liberal Party and over 20% of elected representatives 
Liberal National Party members, or it could be even greater, are members of the Institute of Private Affairs. They are the Trojan horse in the Liberal Party that has pushed out moderate Liberals from the Liberal Party, that has destroyed Menzies' broad church. So they're on, being attacked on two fronts now, and we're now seeing them reap the benefits, in inverted commas, of the chaos they've created. They've been attacked within the Liberal Party by the Christian right, who have understood there's no point forming a political party like Family First and gaining 2% of the vote at every federal election. Why not just take over the Liberal Party? And the Liberal Party branches in Victoria, which I'm familiar with, are now creatures of the Christian right. And they're pushing the neoconservatives, the neoliberals, out of leadership positions within the Liberal Party. And within the next few years, you'll see people who have been pre-selected, who have been pre-selected not for their economic credentials, but for their religious beliefs. So the IPA is dying. And we need to ensure it's cremated. We need to expose it for what it is. A group of apologists who are there to promote deregulation, which is a fancy word for saying removing the brakes on corporations so they can maximise their profits irrespective of the national, environmental, personal, individual, community harm they do. It's an organisation which promoted corporatisation. They talk about freedom of association. All they're interested in is the freedom of association of them, you know, of people with similar ideas. They don't give a shit about what you believe in, especially if you believe in a mixed economy or prior, you know, a strong public sector. So we need to put the poor animal out of its terminal misery. It is dying intellectually. It is soul has shriveled. Its ideas have been found to be as wanting as the ideas of Stalin. It is nothing more than a version, an authoritarian version of Stalinism spouting, you know, free market ideology when what they're talking about is corporate domination of the individuals, the community and the nation state. Now, let's move on. Mr Turnbull, my favourite Prime Minister. Well, I think he's the only Prime Minister. What a debacle. What a debacle, Malcolm. What a debacle. The Kill Bill campaign. Let's kill Bill. Let's call him a liar. I'm sure he is, but, you know, liar, liar, liar. Kill Bill. Well, the community doesn't give a shit about Bill Shorten and what people say about Bill Shorten. You know, we've all got feet of clay, me included. But they are interested in policies. And it's interesting the Labor Party is now giving lip service at the federal level, not the state level, but the federal level, lip services to policies which deny corporate tax cuts to companies that don't pay 30% corporate tax. They never have. Half the corporations in this country pay no tax legally. All this garbage about slashing corporate tax rates to increase jobs. What a lot of crap. That's why you're dumb and I'm dumber. Because we believe it, don't we? Now, Mr Turnbull, a legend in his own lifetime, thinks, thinks that people 
interested in personality politics. They're not interested in personality politics. They're interested in what happens to them and their families and their communities. That's what it's about at the end of the day. It's about creating wealth, sharing wealth, creating a secure community, ensuring that everybody is looked after in our society, ensuring that as many people as possible are involved in decision-making processes, not limited, lim- limiting them to you know a few heroes and heroines. Extraordinary. As I said, I can smell the aroma of change in the atmosphere. It's there. It can go either way. You can go in an authoritarian direction. We need more jails, stronger leaders. They will lead us to Nirvana. Moses comes down from the mountain with, you know, the tablets, the Ten Commandments. Well, you know, as long as we put them all in jail, destroy the unions, let the corporations do what they like, it'll be Nirvana, milk and honey for everyone. You know? Well... Us dumb and dumber, you know, the dumb people listening to this program and me, the dumber one, for actually wasting my time on this program, well, I think we're beginning to realise that we're on the winning side. I think we're beginning to realise that these people are just paper effigies. They can be blown over. There's nothing, nothing, in what they propose, which is any good for any man, woman and child in this country. Think about it. Ultimately, ultimate political authority rests in the hands of the people in a democratic society. It doesn't rest in the hands of the government of the day or the state or the corporate sector or the private sector or the courts or this country's institutions. Ultimate Political authority in a democratic society rests in the hands of the people. You can either cast a ballot every three or four years and say, woe is me when people like Blusterboy Trump are uh, elected, or you can actually be active on a daily basis. I encourage you to be active. Go to the website, public interest before corporate interest, pipsy.net. Download the application form. Join Pipsy today. Listen to the podcast. Send the podcast to your friends. Send it to your enemies. Ask your local community radio station why they don't pay the Anarchist World this week. Organise a group in your part of the world because our day is coming. You know that dog shit I talk about at the bottom of your boot? Well, the smell is getting stronger as we're marching Forward. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, Facebook page, Toscano for the Public, anarchistmedia.org, pipsy.net, write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, email us at age at com. go to the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee web page, come and join us, 392 Raftown Street, Carlton North, 6pm every Wednesday night. Also, think about joining the West Papuan Rent Collective. Come to the uh, gathering of the West Papuan Rent Collective, 838 Collins Street, Melbourne, uh, 1pm, Sunday the 5th of August. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week to the Anarchist World this week. Minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Brainwash my hands. Oh, Lord, yeah.